In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Well, today is uh, Saturday, August 22nd, and therefore the Church celebrates the Queenship of Mary. It is a feast that comes, you could say, on the heels of the Feast of the Assumption, and is, you could say, the natural product or the natural result of that uh, beautiful solemnity that we celebrated a few days ago. Indeed, we call her, or we call out to her, Hail, Queen of Heaven, Hail, Lady of the Angels, Hail, Gate of Heaven, who brought forth the light of the world. So as we begin our prayer this afternoon, we want to contemplate the beauty of our Mother, the Blessed Virgin, first by imagining how she must have been taken up body and soul into heaven. That, of course, was the mystery of the Assumption. And, and yet, the natural thing was that the early Christians, from time immemorial, have acclaimed that the Virgin Mary was queen. And you could say, they would call her lady, a lady. Well, why did they call her that? Well, they knew about the angel Gabriel that came and announced to her that she would be the mother of God, that from her would be born precisely the king, the king of all peoples. And he said, hail, hail Mary. In fact, the very name Mary would have been, you could say her name really means, in many ways means in Aramaic, it means queen or lady, because, of course, the Jews in that time, in the time of Our Lady and Our Lord Himself, would have spoken Aramaic, which is a kind of a mixture of Hebrew and, uh, I believe, Persian from the exile. It's not fully Hebrew, it's got other influences. But uh, the Archangel Gabriel, when he communicated the mystery of the Incarnation, you could say he, he used, in other words, a title that in Latin would be translated as Domina. And we say Domine, Domino in, for, the, for our Lord, but for Our Lady, Domina. That is, we say Our Lord and we say Our Lady. Our Lord, because He is Lord, He is Lord of Heaven and Earth, and She is our Lady, in an analogous way. Of course, she is not God, but she is Our Lady. Of course, she is Mary, but what does Mary mean? It means she is Our Lady. This is what you could say the angel Gabriel says, and the way he addresses her points to her queenship. He says to her, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call him Jesus. Call his name Jesus. 
and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him a throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. You can see how he uses, the angel does use terminology that has to do with Jesus being a king. And she is, she is queen because she gave birth to Jesus Christ, who is the king of the universe. And, uh, and so the Virgin Mary's queenship is really, as we know, the ultimate fruit, the crowning, both of her state of redemption, that is that she's now redeemed, and also her role in the redemption, that is in our redemption. It represents, you could say, her share, her queenship represents her share in sitting at the right hand of the Father, the Son who was both her Redeemer because she was redeemed by him, but of course he is our redeemer as well. It was uh, Pope Pius XII that introduced this feast, and uh, it was the direct result, you could say, of the Feast of the Assumption, because he also introduced the Feast of the Assumption with the dogma of the Assumption in 1950. And uh, it was an implicit you could say, affirmation of her function in the redemption. She's enthroned as mother, somehow mysteriously there next to her son. And uh, remember how St. Paul, when he addresses Jesus, when he thinks about Jesus, he said, Jesus in whose name every knee should bend of those in heaven, on earth and under the earth. So we bend our knee to Jesus, right? And uh, for Mary, well, is she God? Of course, she's not God. But she was, she was chosen, and that choice was a pure grace from God, a pure election. And in, yet at the same time, it's God's recognition of her commitment of faith on earth as the mother and you could say the divine reward of her sacrificial life. And so you could say that in heaven right now, Mary continues to be glorified uh, for her maternal task that she began on earth. That's why we say that Mary is our mother. She's our queen, but she's our mother. Since her assumption into heaven and her spiritual and physical glorification, made her queen and mother. Now she is there somehow intimately joined up to her son. She's enjoying the beatific vision. She has a clear, you could say, she has a clear intuitive consciousness, a deep awareness now of her maternal task. She knows all of us intimately. She knows all our individual circumstances. She knows our worries. She knows our concerns. She knows our weaknesses because she's like a, like a mother. She's not 
unaware of what's going on in your life, in my life, your struggles, your tiredness. She's not unaware of that. Whether you have weaknesses, whether you have addictions, whether you have worries about the future, it's good for us to know that she knows this, like she's aware. I mean, imagine a mother of many children, you know, that has many children. The mother always knows what, pretty much what her children's concerns are. You know, let's say she has 15, I don't know, let's say 15 kids, you know, and uh, she might, okay, maybe she thinks it's difficult to focus on them all. She has to, you know, feed one of the children, the smaller one, or I don't know, nurse another one and so forth. And they all, they're all clamoring for her attention. I, I can understand that. But, I mean, she's never going to forget their names and uh, so forth. Uh, and, uh, but even their problems, deeper issues and desires, you know, a woman uh, who is a mother never forgets those. But even if she did, of course, it could happen. I suppose some mothers do forget. But not the Blessed Virgin, our Queen. Because she has a kind of a special knowledge a unique knowledge that is due to her intimacy now with her son. She would not have had that knowledge on earth yet. I mean, she sort of began to have, but it came when she, you could say to its fullness, when she now was brought uh, body and soul into heaven. She had no sin whatsoever, so she, her body did not know any corruption. She's not waiting there for the resurrection. She's, she's, she's done, you know. She's done. Like when we die, our body will know corruption and then we'll have to just maybe we'll see God but our body our body will not resurrect immediately not we don't know how if it'll take a short time or what but there will be a, a distance let's say but it's very consoling to consider that that she is concerned for every one of us and she uses her maternal love on our behalf that is, she intercedes for us. She intercedes like a good mother besides her son. And her son knows that and wants that. It's interesting how this, it all follows along. Like it was in the 1920s that the, the Pope, Pope Pius XI, this is right after, after the First World War. It had been a very difficult uh, time. There was a lot of anti-Catholicism, and uh, Pope Pius XI, in 19, I believe in 1925, he decides to establish the Feast of Christ the King. As we know, we, we celebrate that now at the end of the year, like uh, you could say it's, it's the final, just before Advent, bang, we, we finish with Christ the King. And he wrote an encyclical at that time called Quas Primas and he basically suggests there that uh, the kingdom of Christ embraces the whole of mankind everybody is called to his kingship and that he, he explained also that in virtue of Christ's claim to kingship as creator and redeemer he said that uh, well you could say in some sense it's obligations to that king Christ the king that is that he must reign in our hearts because he is our king and as you know, in those days, in Mexico, there was a very, very powerful persecution against the church. Blessed uh, 
Father uh, Pro, who was martyred, he was shot, and the last thing he and others as well said was, Viva Cristo Rey. Long live Christ the King. Viva Cristo Rey. It's a beautiful phrase. And that follows on the heel of on the heels of uh, Pope uh, Pius XI's encyclical on the, on the kingship of, of Christ. So naturally he spoke about devotion to her as queen. He said, besides, since Mary has been given a central role in the work of redemption, she is also queen and lady of the human race. If he, Jesus, is king of the human race, well, she is queen of the human race. He said that together with Christ, she fights and she, she fights and defeats the devil and shares in the dominion of her son over all creation. As the liturgy reminds us, Holy Mary is queen of heaven and earth, stood sorrowfully by the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we should have recourse to her often, to her maternal care, know that she intercedes for us. Maybe it's a question of like looking more frequently at images of Our Lady and think that she knows what's going on in your heart. She knows what's happening to you. She prays for you, she intercedes for you. Feel, you could say, that maternal closeness. Maybe in your room you have an image of Our Lady. She is my mother, she is my queen. And like any queen, she has a lot of, you could say, a lot of power next to the king. I found on the cover of this Magnifica, this beautiful image of Our Lady, right? which is really, well, she's not shown directly there as, as queen, but looks like she's about to be crowned. It's uh, the Virgin by Pierre-Claude François de Lorme, de Lorme sometime in the 19th century. And it's in the, uh, the Chateau de Compiège, Chateau de Compiège in France. And it's not a very uh, frequently seen image, but it's a beautiful image that shows her reverence. But it kind of shows her looking down at us, telling us that she loves us, that she, above all, that she has that maternal care over us. St. Rosemary liked to picture the moment of her crowning when she is crowned as Queen of Heaven and Earth. But what's more, in some ways, yes, she was crowned, but that crowning was simply the result of her knowledge and awareness and care for us. Let's see how we can integrate that more deeply into our life. St. John saw the vision, you know, a woman crown of 12 stars, those are the apostles. It's a beautiful vision that he had of her. She'll intercede for us so that we have really, uh, you could say, a deep intimacy expressed through the rosary and glances at her, knowing that she helps us in our needs. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you all to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.